Okay, welcome back. Man, this is a fun day. I got uh, my boy, everybody's favorite out there, Bill Simmons joining Black on the Air again. Hey, how's it going, Bill? I'm always available. I appreciate it. Whenever you need me. Yes, you filled in for, we had a, let's just say a guest who was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who had to bow out. 11, 11th hour cancellation. 11th hour cancellation. It happens. That's fine. It, it happens. Is. It happens. We're you know. in the business. We're in the, it, it is the business we chose. Yeah, this right? is it. It's the business we chose. Things happen. But I love talking to Bill because, um, you know, much like the way my brain works, you love, you love uh, talking about a lot of different subjects. And there's always intersections around these subjects, which is kind of, it's kind of the age we're in now too, you know. We're very similar. We have a lot of, wide wide interests yeah that weirdly collide in a lot of different ways yeah and there's- i care about a lot of things like the oscars thing got announced today about the popular movie category i was like I going didn't crazy see what was the announcement they announced they're introducing a new category for popular movies and it's very vague oh actually i'm for that and i they, think that's a good thing i was too i just wanted yeah. more information and then i'm like so what happens is black panther yeah. Black Panther is a popular movie, but should also be in the conversation for best movie. So could right. it win both? I just, I yeah. wanted so much more and I had nobody to talk about it with. My wife didn't care. Yeah. I was just wandering around <laughs> my neighborhood, running into right. people, right. asking them. But yeah, but that's something you would have cared about. Yes. Like for me, I thought they should, instead of saying best movie of 2018, like maybe say top movie or favorite movie or... Or, or like a, a different type of description of the movie, because it's it seems like with the Oscars and with film, there's there's like the snotty category and the films for everybody else. Yeah, and a lot of people don't go to see those films. It's just the age that we're in, and a lot of those films get nominated, and then nobody watches the Oscars because they don't know those films. And a lot of the popular films, for some reason, are snottied out. Is kind of a term that I'll use. Yeah, that's one of the things yeah. when we do the rewatchables. And we're the always, rewatchables. Let's let's say what well, that but is. We're always amazed by, by the how badly thing. yes movies do with the Oscars that we love. Yeah. You know, like you look at Jaws. Spielberg didn't even get nominated for best right. director. Right, right, right. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, like no awards. Like you go down the line, it's like wow. Yeah. What? Why do we think in the moment these movies? mean more like we never anticipate the kind of the wide reach i thought get out that was the best case for get out last year it's like yeah and we made that case here 10 years from now what movie are people gonna remember from 2017 right get out well there used to be a direct correlation between what audiences liked and what critics liked. like they weren't too far apart yes. you know like back in the day west side story you know nominated for like a thousand <laughs> Oscars, right. but everybody went to go see it. Ben Hur, everybody went to go see it. You know, those well, but but Black Panther is going to be a really interesting test case this year for this because you think it's going to get nominated for things? Oh, a thousand percent, like hundred thousand prestige categories. Yes, really. Which ones? Yes, I think it's getting nominated for Best Picture. I think Coogler has a real chance to win for Best Director. Well, with this new category. Well, that's the thing. I, that's why I wanted so much more information. Yeah, and uh, I think Chad. Chadwick Boseman for best actor yeah. is going to get nominated and you're going to get one of the best supporting actors will be one of the ladies in the Do film. Do you think I'm Chadwick sure was best actor though? I think, I don't think it's what makes sense anymore. Yeah. I think you're talking about people 
who marked down a list. Like Michael B. Duncan, maybe, but Chadwick was kind of- Michael B. Duncan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Michael not Michael Jordan. B. Duncan. Michael B. Jordan. That's Michael, B. Duncan. Michael B. Duncan. That's hilarious. I was thinking what of- What would the, Michael B. Duncan look yeah, like? I was thinking of the magical Negro, sorry. <laughs> was that his name? No. Michael, Michael no. Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. Why the magical Negro. Duncan. Where does he stand in the Mount Rushmore of magical Negro movie Wait, characters? which one? Michael B. Duncan? No, the Green Mile guy. <laughs> Oh. It's him, Will Smith in the golf movie. What was yeah. that terrible golf movie Matt Damon made? It's That's white, one white of man the worst movies golf. ever. Black man gives advice. Thank yes. God for this black man who came right. in and helped him play golf. <laughs> Here's what you should do, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saving my life. What was that movie called? It was so bad. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, Legend of Bagger Vance. Vance. That yeah. is one of the worst movies well, the last but, 25 because years. Because Bagger Vance is the explicit example of the Magical Negro. But Magical oh Negro God. had always existed in films, but the yes. films weren't about the Magical Negro. The Magical Negro just would appear in the films and help the white man on his journey. But this was yeah. 1999. We knew better in 1999. <laughs> yeah. No, There's we no didn't. Way we, no, we did not, not know better. And we then, did not know better in 1999. How does Will Smith not know? Well, <laughs> how does he read that script and go, this is great. Well, because this is totally revolutionary. Maybe Will Smith is a magical Negro. Well, maybe, well, he can't be ruled out. A lot of, he makes people happy. Fresh Prince still makes people happy. One of the most it's interesting truly careers. Ma- Fresh Prince truly is magical. Oh, for, there's a generation that that's their show. It is. No, I, I, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not even exaggerating about this. When you say it, it makes people happy. There's something about that show. It's one of those weird shows in history where the memories people have, it, it actually brings happiness to them about that show. Well, it also yeah. has really good YouTube clips you can cut out and put on Twitter. Yeah. Like when he has the meltdown about uh, how his dad doesn't love him. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. doesn't love me and Uncle Green. Phil? Yeah, right, right. Which is really great acting by Will Smith in one he of those moments where you kind of go, oh, you're actually a real actor. He you're going to be somebody. Actor, yeah. yeah. It was an interesting moment in television when I look back at that time, because to me, what I think what Fresh Prince did, and I also put in Living Color in this category, which I wrote for both shows. Thank you very much. But um, you wrote for in Living Color. I did. That was a great that, show. That was my first big break. Yeah. Um, in Living Color. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I wrote for Fresh Prince for about for the last season. But to me, those shows were the first shows really, and Arsenio to a certain extent. Arsenio gets has to get credit. He gets credit to of bringing hip hop into the mainstream. You know, before it was an outlier. You know, it was seen as dangerous. You know, white parents were afraid of their white kids listening to NWA and all that stuff. You know, but In Lemon Color and Fresh Prince made it safe for everybody. You know, and I think Fresh Prince more than any show. I mean, that was kind of the premise of the show, really. You know, well, was, I and I think another show that doesn't get enough credit was A Different World. Because, yeah, Different World to a different and extent. And that's a you know Cosby, because it's an offshoot of Cosby, but yeah, Cosby, um, some conflicted feelings now. No, I'm kidding. Really? No, he's a bad What's, person. No, I'm kidding. Um, where's the No, conflict? he's terrible. But um but he did use his power yeah. with that with the one show to create a show that did not exist on TV because Correct. like when I was growing up, pretty much all of my favorite shows were black shows. Like I like The right. White Shadow is my favorite show ever, but you also had The Jeffersons, Good Times, Sanford yeah, Sun, Different Strokes. Awesome. Yeah. You had all these things. And then right. by nineteen eighty two they were gone. Right. And they were either gone or they were on their last legs. Well and, then we got into the era of the um, Shetland Negro, where white people had to have 
the one black guy in the cast who's who always is, fourth or who fifth. Who would not grow like your Gary Coleman or your Webster. Oh, that Oh, that guy. White people I love Shetland Negroes. Yeah, right? sh- short people, basically. Yeah, the white people got to adopt the Shetland Negro, and that was the TV show. Well, there was this yeah. weird era where all of a sudden it was that or it was Isaac the Bartender. Yeah, well, that was and, 70s. No, yeah. but, he, but Love Boat <laughs> went to like 86. I, yeah, Love Boat was on like Gunsmoke. For some reason, it was just, it just wouldn't right, go away. Right, it just wouldn't go away. But, yeah. but they, needed was, to, they needed to have an episode where the boat actually was sunk. You know, by something, you know. There was this three-year period where Eddie Murphy on SNL was really the only powerful black person on television that actually meant something and stood for something yeah, that and was, was pushing the envelope. Yeah. yeah, and then Cosby comes along. Right. But um, but then when you're talking about the era that we remember finally now, we have Arsenio. Right. You have Fresh Prince eventually. Right. You have um, In Living Color. Right. You have Martin. Yeah. Now Living you have- um, But here's what Cosby did. Here's where Cosby's different. Cosby wasn't the hip hop generation or any of that. It was more, Cosby was the show, first show that kind of showed black privilege. Like black privilege had never been on television before. Well, a black family who was a, just a successful, nice family and on television. And not apologizing for it. Yeah, there, that there wasn't was no, like, oh, where do I get my paycheck yeah, this yes, month? There wasn't a supernatural reason for them no. having money too. We won the lottery. We rich. You know, <laughs> something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or like, James, you shouldn't spend that bonus right, yet. Down, down, down. Oh, you know? No, James, you don't have the job yet. You or shouldn't the, buy the bike. Although the Jeffersons was the first one, but the Jeffersons was about social mobility, you know, where they had to move on up. You know, Cosby was already up. up. The Jeffersons is kind of an incredible show. Oh, the Jeffersons is awesome. It's actually a really good one that doesn't get its due. Good Times has kind of ascended the Jeffersons, but I thought they were neck and neck. Let me tell you who the Jeffersons is. Since since Rewatchables, by the way, you guys have to listen to Rewatchables. It's so much fun. Oh, thank you. Where Bill talks about movies. You're coming on at some point. I want to talk about it, yeah. But here's how I'll classify the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons, to me, is a TV show about Sidney Poitier's slap in in the heat of the night. Mm. That's what that show is, you know, which what I'm referring to in the heat of the night, Sidney Poitier is the is the black cop down south, you know, called a boy and all this thing, but they have they need him to solve this murder, basically. Yeah. And in movies in those days, it was revolutionary for a black man to stand up to any white person, right? Right. It just never happened. It never happened at all because th- that shit just didn't happen. You know? Yeah. So when Sidney Portier, he's he's slapped by this uh, guy who they suspect. It's obvious that Portier is not behaving properly, you know, in his role, and he's really uh, he's putting the heat on this guy, and he just slaps him, and it's Sidney Portier's. A uh, reaction slap is the most amazing slap in cinema history because there is not a second that goes by of thinking about it. Like, he doesn't think, motherfucker, did you just slap me? Right. Like, he's not considering it. He immediately slaps. And the power of that move, it, it really is under, it's under talked about in cinema history of what it is. The Jeffersons is the is the comedic expression of that slap. Because that's all George Jefferson does is slap white people down. Well, and it That's came what from, the show is, basically. It came from the biggest show of, of that decade, All right. in the Family. Right. And that was basically, which was, by the way, a show that has not aged well. I think the way you talked about the In the Heat of the Night, I feel like the, the torture scene in 48 Hours was like that for the 80s. The, uh, Eddie goes into the redneck bar. Yes. And basically pretends right. he's a policeman. It's and, the same type of thing. And does the I'm an N-word with a badge. I'm your worst right. fucking nightmare. And the whole thing. That was the same kind of, whoa, yes. oh, this is happening? <laughs> yes. Um, right. And that was the scene that made him a superstar. It wasn't yeah. SNL. It was that scene. No, you're right. That, um, Eddie's 
48 hours, just the opening, him singing Roxanne in that jail cell. He had yeah, the audience yeah. in the poem. From the hand. second. But yeah. I have the Cosby thing we haven't talked about. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a weird it's a weird era right now, 2018, where you have these people who created art that mattered mm-hmm. and influenced things. Yeah. And then other things happen and right. now it's like that's all that matters. And mm-hmm. that's that's true. Well, I remember But when- the the Cosby show, I wonder if the legacy of it how important it was. And that was one of those, you kind of had to be there. It's hard to explain mm-hmm. to a 25 year old, like young Tommy over there. Right. Like the Cosby show was the most important show of the eighties and it yeah. really mattered and mm-hmm. it really did a lot of good. And it's really hard for me to separate that from Cosby being a, a serial date rapist, basically. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that a lot of black people who were, you know, uh, influenced by the Cosby show and who, people who have meant a lot for them, they had a hard time believing Cosby could be a horrible person. Yeah. Because the show meant so much to them. And I remember, we, I think we talked about this on the nightly show because, you know, I came out completely against it because I have a different relationship to it. I, I could, for me, it was easy for me to compartmentalize someone doing a TV show and someone committing a bad act. You know, there's no like bleed over as far as I'm concerned. But plus... I knew about Cosby from I Spy, Fat Albert, and all that yeah, before he yeah, even yeah. did Cosby Show. Right. So, you know, I just had I just viewed him differently, not as this trans transformational icon that is like a father figure to me. It's like, oh, that nigga got a uh, a pretty good show this time. Good right. for you, Cosby. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, that's kind of my cynical approach. But um, also, I don't TV shows as much as I love television, Bill, and I grew up loving television. I had the TV show memorized. TV shows don't they don't have that kind of meaning in my life the way people do, you know, I just separate those, you know, to me, it's a, it was always an escape, but it wasn't, it wasn't the actual meaning for my life, you know? Well, I think the difference with seventies and eighties and now is the audiences of the show and how little entertainment options we had, Yeah, you know, and you're talking when the Cosby show comes in there, we had cable at that point, but we didn't have right. 7,000 channels. We didn't yeah. have video games, internet, anything. And cable wasn't viewed in the prestige. It was no, it not. wasn't. Like they had the Cable Ace Awards and it was kind of a joke, people thought. Right. Back then, right? So like mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated, something like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody in my life who liked sports were at Sports Illustrated and it was a commonality that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Cosby Show is another one. We had these. So the TV shows were almost more important because of the mutual experience of watching them than yeah. I think they are now. Now it's so niche and it's like our staff love Succession, not the entire staff. Yeah, I know other people don't watch Succession, but right. 30 years ago, everyone would have had an opinion on Succession the way we had an opinions on St. Elsewhere and all these things. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's the tough thing to explain to the younger generation with the Cosby show is like, you have all these shows and now here's a show with this black family that really liked each other. Right. That did not have to worry about money. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a good job. Educated. Grandparents came in. Mm-hmm. They were educated. They were like role models. Yeah. And we just didn't have it. It was, it it was that about, show. And it wasn't about race either. It wasn't about race. Right. They ha- It was kind of a, they happened to be black. They very rarely played the black card. Yeah. And it almost intentionally. And then he, he was so intent on seeming like he was above everything. He used to put the thing in the credits with his... Dr. William H. Cosby. It's like, you're not a doctor. Yeah. Fucking gave a speech. Where do you you think he's going to wind up when the dust settles? I assume he's going to die soon. Like, I I really think it's like a Joe Paterno thing. Where's his legacy? Oh, it's done. I I think, Mm -hmm. I think for, I I just don't see it. I I think this is his best case scenario is us having Mm -hmm. a reasonable conversation about the Cosby show. Yeah. But, um, 
I can still, but here's what's interesting. I still view that show as an important show. And I thought it, it, you know, should always be viewed as this great show. And I separate that from this horrible guy that was in it. Well, you're an intelligent person. No, but I, I, mean, I feel the to same me, they're way. two different things. Yeah. I, it's, t- it's a little tougher for me to separate just because I felt like he was America's dad in the 80s. And then yeah. you find out he's a horrible person. It'd be the, hard to enjoy the show now. You can, it's unwatchable. Uh, now. Yeah, you can't watch it. I don't think you can. Yeah. The first yeah. time I remember this really happening was with OJ in the mid-90s. Yeah. Where my experience with OJ was just this legendary running back that I never really got to see unless we played the Patriots twice. Yeah. Hurts ads. Naked Gun. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I like OJ. It was the same way you'd feel about like Charles Barkley right, right. now. And then commits a double murder. Yeah. Lies about it, escapes. And now it's like all that stuff's kind of over there. The Naked Gun is one of the weirdest movies to rewatch <laughs> that you could rewatch. It's That's tough for me because OJ was one of my sports heroes. Yeah. I wore number 32 because of OJ Simpson. And uh, you're wearing it right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and he, you know, he played here at USC, and yeah, you know, I was I was a real young kid during that time. But I followed him when he was on the Bills and all that stuff. And I played football in those days. And as kids, we wanted to run like OJ Simpson. Yes. you know, um, he was the he was Gail Sayers with personality. You know, <laughs> and the two thousand yards was a real thing. That it was fourteen was amazing. Games. Yeah, it was amazing. You know. And uh, for me, and I remember I met OJ maybe in the late 80s or something like that. And I had the experience that everybody had of meeting OJ Simpson. He couldn't have been nicer. You know, was was interested in you, was, yeah. you know, made an effort. Filled up a room. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. And for me, I was like, oh, my, I can't believe I'm meeting OJ Simpson and how nice he was. In fact, I met him twice. And, and I met him once at Paramount, once like at California Pizza Kitchen, something like that. And then when it hit, like for me— <clears throat> God, it was such a blow at first. But when I saw all the evidence about what he had done to his wife, yeah, I was done. I didn't need any more. Like I, I wasn't one of those stubborn people that refused to, to believe it. Like I was like, why can't we believe our own eyes? Like why do I have to believe this image that I have of somebody when our own eyes are telling us something completely different? I don't understand why that's so hard for people. It's it's you it's, know, it's, it's about myth. I think people myth is so important to people. Yeah, you know, and holding on to myth and not wanting to let myth go. It works in every aspect of our society. It's working in politics right now. I think both sides of the aisle are caught up in certain types of myths, especially the right right now with Trumpism and all that. There's this myth of what America was and should be that people are holding on to at the expense of America. <laughs> you know, I think Trump. I mean, it's easy to blame Trump for everything. In fact, let's do it. Let's do it. But. Yeah. Um, I do, I do wonder partially the constant witch hunts now that we have all over yeah. the place. and this, I'm afraid of that, actually. This yeah. air of people going back through somebody's old tweets when they were 14 and they're just yeah. complete dumbass. I'm not defending the tweets, but it just seems like this constant need to kind of bring someone down yeah. is all this parallel to we can't bring Trump down. So it's like, let's take down everybody else. Because Trump is like unbring downable. Right. It, there could be a security footage of him yeah. murdering somebody at 7-Eleven and he'd be like the fake news doctored me and they digitally put By me. By the way, this, it could he be his own footage. It doesn't even need to be yeah. security. It could be him doing a video selfie of him killing somebody. He, he basically admitted in a tweet this weekend, he contradicted himself directly yeah. about his son. 
and yeah. said and did the whole thing about well my son was in there but we were gathering information and it turned out to be pointless it's fake news well, it's so, like you said it didn't happen I know so and you're on the record now and you're the president like I know, this but is it doesn't Richard matter. Nixon he's, shit he said no it's it's beyond Nixon it's beyond Richard would have Nixon loved shit. to have been able to get away Nixon didn't get away with the lies that was the whole point and admitted defeat right. and was like wow yes. this is bad for the country he, I should go he had a thousand times more honor than, he really than, did than Trump when you look back it's you know? amazing he yeah looked, it's he, true though Nixon you know? looked at the big picture and was like this is bad for the country if I yes. fight this I'll resign which is relatively noble the guy was a crook and yeah murdered and, people in cambodia and did all the shit he did right. but at least saw the at least he seemed to care about the country right and i think what's weird about this whole trump situation is he's he cares about himself first mm -hmm. and the country is like an afterthought the country is like this chip that he uses to kind of push yeah. his own personality yeah the president and it's just really weird to be to have a president who doesn't care about the country mm-hmm I don't That's the part I can't wrap my head around. I try not to talk about it on my podcast. Yours is easier, but it's just really weird to have a well, leader who doesn't lead. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so infuriating because he's aided and abetted by people with, with uh, corollary agendas, you know, where they want tax cuts. So they excuse all these things, you know, yeah. or they want something else. So they excuse all this horrible behavior, you know, and I'm just afraid of what's going to happen on the other side when he's gone. What are we left with? You know? Like wreckage. The Do we, will is, though, we even have a political system that matters anymore? Like when all this is done. It's but can you argue this died in 2000 with the election? Oh, completely. I mean, if you really like go back and read that election, it's just as fucked up as anything that happened yeah. with Trump. Yeah. And it's all the shit they pulled in Florida and they yeah. made movies about it. I was like, whoa, this is nobody really cared because nobody liked Al Gore that much. Yes, if it had been right. if it had been somebody we were really behind, it would have been the biggest outrage Tipper's, of all time. I don't even think Tipper's that. I think the Gore family <laughs> wasn't even that excited about it being president. Uh, but I uh, I'm not even sure if Al Gore was convinced he should be president back then. Somebody know? made this case to me about is the Trump thing really that fucked up? And I was okay. like, What do you mean? It's like from well, what perspective? JFK was murdered by the CAA and maybe OBJ and the, the mafia CIA. and all that right. shit. Like right. Our president was assassinated by people who lived in this country. That yeah. happened. Right. They still have not released the documents. It's, it's happened more than 60 once. 60 years later, they still won't release it. What They're do you think happened? What are you saying? You think I think he got murdered by, I think it was absolutely a coup d'etat conspiracy. Really? Absolutely. Thousand percent. I think there were Wait, multiple thousand shooters. Percent. Yeah. Okay. You're, right. not, you're not with me on this? No. I think he got murdered. Yeah, he did get murdered. No, that, he did not get murdered. That's by the obvious part. Lee Harvey yes. Oswald from five million miles away with three okay. perfect shots. All right. Okay. His brains went backwards. I understand. I've his seen brains it. went backwards on I've the back of the hood. Jackie crawled on the back of the car to pick up his brains. I understand. And the shot came from the back. Get the fuck out of here. Come well, on. Okay. You don't believe this. Of course I do. The shot came from the side. No, it didn't. The, the what heart do you mean? What? His brains were on the back of the car. I understand. I know exactly where they were. The thing is, the hardest thing to swallow in the JFK situation is that a nobody like Lee Harvey Oswald could kill someone we care so much about. Usually, I've heard we, this theory. Usually, we want our villains and our heroes to have the same strength. It is one of the, it is one of the uh, precepts of being able to write a thriller. You know, the fact that this is the John Hinckley thing. Well, same yeah. thing. John well, Lennon was brought down by this loser who had a crush on Jodie Foster. Well, that wasn't John Lennon. See, now you fucked up, right? John Hinckley. Oh, no, John, no, not see, Mark David Chapman. Yeah, see, there you go. I got my weird I assassins. I got my, my, my Michael B. Duncan in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, back, y'all. I even. got it back. We're even. 
But wait a second, though. His brains were on the back of the car. They altered the autopsy. What is, what is they, they? Altered the Everybody. Okay, who arranged- They, they doctored the, the Zapruder film. They doctored the Zapruder Everyone film. Everyone said the car stopped. The Zapruder film, You're the car never stops. You're making all these general statements, then. No, I'm not. This is not Reddit conspiracy. Let me tell you what conspiracy. Let me tell you what conspiracy. We killed the president in 1963. I, we did not kill Our him. country did. A person did. Our yeah. country. Well, I mean, you could say that about anything. Unseal the documents. Which documents? They have all these JFK documents. Which ones? I thought this Which ones asshole, have the smoking gun? No, they have all and this what stuff they the said they're going to release like 50 years later. Which documents? This, you think there are documents that actually say, I hope nobody unseals this because this document yes. reveals that the CIA I did. do. This is my <laughs> no. craziest no, corner. Why would the CIA be so stupid to have documents proving that they Because he was going to disband the CIA. Him? Who at the CIA made this decision? Hoover. Hoover was at the FBI. No, the, not Hoover. Uh, now that's my second mistake. There was a dude who was high up at the CIA, and I'm blanking on his name because I'm not prepared for a JFK conversation. That's all right. That's but, all right. Uh, no, but if you're going to go there and you're going to challenge me and say, how can I know this? I got to challenge Now I got to know who the CIA. Hold on. I'm going to give you the name. That's but then all right. There's well, some LBJ stuff. So no, you want to think Oswald no, from no, far back? no. It's just never sat right with me. Let, let like, me put it. Let me give you a different example. It's yeah. like people that believe 9-11 was a conspiracy. No, no, that, are you in that, that boat? That too? is crazy. Oh, that, that one's going we too far. We saw the planes flying <laughs> to the building. <laughs> yes. What the fuck are they talking Thank about? Thank you. Thank you. The JFK stuff, though, the Spruder phone, why did it disappear for two years? Let me give you my theory of conspiracy theories, okay? People that believe in conspiracy theories, yes. they want you, they require evidence for the obvious, but they want you to swallow the preposterous. Yeah. That's what people want. Yeah, um, I can't find the CIA name. No, listen, I'm with you. There's only a couple that I'm kind of into. Okay, so JFK, I get it, but a lot of people are into that. I'm, no, you know. JFK was murdered. That's not to me. That's not even of conspiracy. He was murdered. We agree no, on his, that. It was, that's not, the Har- it was not the loser Lee Harvey Oswald okay. shooting from a million Fine. miles away. Fine. The what's, mo- what's your other one? The moon. I'm still. Oh I'm still no! Uncertain no, of. no still please uncertain don't. Of. Still no, I'm not still, the moon. I'm not 100% See, that now your whole JFK thing can't no, stand on anything. I'm not saying I don't. And I love that it's connected because he's the one that told us to go to the moon. So you're probably thinking, he's they doctored that, that footage. He I didn't say we should go to the moon and, and the other things. I'm like 90% sure we were on the moon. 90? 10% Where does unsure. that 10% come from? That 10% is actually equal to the 90. I just you realize look at what that, life right? was like in the 1960s. That's 19- like being 90% pregnant. You understand In that, the right? 1960s, we couldn't even figure out like TVs. What are you talking we about? We couldn't figure out. We, we had like crummy TV pictures and we're, bad technology. Which Bill Simmons am I all speaking to? All of a sudden, we now? landed on the moon. No, we're it's not this, all of a sudden. We are in this astronaut no. race with Russia, and all of a sudden, we passed them magically in okay, two years. Let me ask I'm you. I'm just a little skeptical. Well, okay, then- just, I'm skeptical. I'm not. I'm okay, not. The, I'm not. We didn't land there. I'm I just understand like, that eh. you're skeptical about our ability to have the technological advancement to travel to the moon. But then, yes, I w- the, skeptical. Okay, but then I have to challenge your skepticism. Then you have to be skeptical. Skeptical about our ability in 1940 to split an atom. Now that was scientists. But did that. Splitting an atom is more amazing than going to the moon. If it was so easy to go to the moon 50 years ago, why aren't we like going there once a week? That's a that's a travel decision. That's not a technological she, choice. She agrees with me, see? That's yeah. a travel decision. No. That's, you ask your travel agent about why you're not going somewhere. Why aren't we now, going all over the place? You're not asking why can't you. You're saying why don't we? That's a travel decision. Here's how I judge my conspiracy. That's not a technology 
Uh, Here's how I judge my conspiracy theories. If it came out that we were never on the moon, would I be completely shocked and floored? I would not. I'd be surprised. That sentence makes no sense. I'd be surprised. I that wouldn't sentence be like, makes no sense. Like the 9-11 thing, which is ludicrous. The Sandy Hook. I'm not no, defending wait, before that. You, that before you climb into the, into the obvious, let's go back to the preposterous. Okay? okay. That sentence makes no sense. What do you mean? I'm judging conspiracies by no, this but, came out. Like, like put Bill. it this way. Tim Donahue, the NBA ref. Okay. It was like an NBA ref was fixing basketball games for a year. Sure. Stunning. Can't believe it. Yeah. I wasn't blown away. I wasn't that's about bad shocked. Behavior. Yeah, but that's the thing. Shit happens. <laughs> there has to be a couple of these. These are general statements. <laughs> no, there has to be a couple of things that aren't what they seem. Why? Because why not? That's just the way life works. But Bill, I was around. I saw the moon landing. I was there. You saw what they wanted you to see. <sighs> This is so sad. You're saying I'm so disappointed right now. You're saying I'm saying what actually happened. Would you? You're the one making some. You need more evidence than I do. Would you bet your life we landed on the moon in 1969? You'd bet your life on it. I bet your life on it. I wouldn't bet my life. Why? Based on what? Based on Capricorn One or some movie or something? You have. Why did they make Capricorn (laughs) One? What were they trying to tell us? Why did they make 2001 a space odyssey? Do you think there's a monolith? Why? Do you think there's a monolith on the moon and there's they're circling Jupiter right now? That's right. I know my movies, bitches. <laughs> why? You 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 tell me. I don't know why you can't believe um, extraordinary achievement. Why do you have trouble believing that? Just because of where we were in the 60s and how far Which we is, were behind Russia. It sounds like you don't know. Russia was we way ahead but of Bill, us. Bill, it sounds like you don't know. Where we Russia were. was way ahead of us. In why the are you making 60s. a? No, they weren't. Yeah, Russia, and with space stuff, they were. No, they weren't. Russia launched Sputnik first, right? Yes. And uh, Russia was, they were ahead of us in terms of uh, getting things into space first. But we quickly overtook them. We, we quickly overcame Russia by the time of the Gemini missions, which was about 1964, 65. We were ahead of them by then. It only took a few years. This is what they wanted you to believe. Oh, stop it. Uh, you're talking to a guy who wanted to be an astronaut when he was a kid. I know all of these things and I knew them back then. I hope you're right. I am right. I hope Bill. it this, happened. There's no gray matter in here. I hope it happened. There's no room for wiggle in here. It's a really, that one is a really fun conspiracy theory. No, that you one. You know what's not fun? It's insane. 9-11 and the Sandy Hook. That stuff is insane. Well, that one's, there's that some, stuff's insane and you're hurting people by Sandy Hook pushing is, that shit. Sandy Hook is interesting. Let's talk about this for a while because Alex Jones, who, yeah. one of the people who perpetrated uh, this conspiracy about uh, the Sandy Hook shooting, that, which was We horrible. need another word than conspiracy for that, though. I agree. because It's, it's like a different because, word we haven't created yet. Yes, because it's, well, it's a slandering of of, of a fact. It's a slander spiracy. It is, because it's meant to, there's a weaponization of opinion that's in this that's different from somebody who's just a crazy person and doesn't believe we, we went to the moon, right? I don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just saying it's different. But I mean, an innocent, crazy person that just doesn't believe a fact is different from somebody who is weaponizing. I do not believe it. I just, <laughs> just wish we had a little more I, evidence. I think it's very, I think it's very cute that you don't believe it. You know, I didn't say yeah. I didn't believe it. Well, you, I said I 90% believe it. That's not believing it. Right. So I'm 90% in. It's right. 10% I'm have my guard up. 
Yeah, that's not believing it. Okay. JFK, I 100% believe two people, there was multiple in the whole thing. And I really I, and do I believe it. that. Actually, JFK makes more sense to believe that. So I don't fault people for believing that. You know, what, what I don't like, I even, just think they ignore a lot of obvious things and they make up a lot of extraordinary things. Like all this collusion that had to happen requires an enormous amount of coordination. And then you have to start asking questions that can't be answered. You have to ask questions like who did the coordination and how was the coordination carried out? How do you do that? How do you keep people quiet? How do you keep everyone quiet in that coordination? It's not a coordination between well, several people. A lot of people died but, within no, the year after No, but if you're telling me JFK. autopsies were faked and all these things were happening, definitely that were. takes, yes, but that takes in a tremendous amount of pre-thought and coordination. So you have to get to the doctors at Parkland before all this happens. And you're telling me doctors at Parkland are going to be saying, okay, CIA, go ahead and kill the president. And when you do it, bring him over here. No, and we're going to fake I the think autopsy. They told him to, That's to crazy talk. Sew up stuff and make it, make That's the crazy. body seem presentable, all that stuff. And then did whatever the hell they did. No, 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 no. no. I don't think, I, like when you get to the Parkland part, I don't think those people are in on it. But I do think not. it was an orchestrated attack. And there was some crazy shit that went on that day. Well, I think there were a lot of things that, that didn't make sense because it was such an extraordinary act, you know? But I think if you're just rational about it and you go through it, everything's like, okay, because what a lot of people, a lot of people think in the rear view that if something is irrational, that it couldn't have happened. When in fact, when you're going forward, irrational things happen around us all the time. Things. It explains everything, but the third shot, third shot, it cannot be explained in any way. You mean the, the, one head, that- the way his head goes, where his brains go, you could run a million different things. It just does not make sense. Well, it people does have not problems with the up. second shot too. The shot that went through Kennedy and and, and, hit and the them. people who were there thought they heard more than three shots and I shots agree. like ran on top of each other. Like I, I think there JFK, was. JFK. I don't think crazy people believe in conspiracies. I think there's there's enough room to believe that you told me it was one shooter. I think there was two shooters. Right. That's my opinion on it. After having, you think a, one shooter? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Why won't they release the files then? Um. Who knows. How do I mean, we get down in this rabbit hole? Well, because you wanted to go back down it. Well, but, the thing, but the thing like with 9-11. I, I where, wanted to talk about Alex Jones. Right. Because, the 9-11 people, they say, well, the, the buildings were detonated and the planes. And how do ridiculous. we know the planes flew in? It's like, we know the planes flew in because we have video of the planes flying in and people on the ground watching the plane fly in and yeah. a million different eyewitness accounts. Like, what are you guys talking about? Because in that case, people want to believe the worst in, in their government. You yes. know, that their government has to be behind this. And so they have to make everything else fit that opinion. So they start with an opinion first and create scenarios to match their opinion rather than look at the facts and then look at all the facts that support that fact. Why aren't these people you know? going after Trump? Trump is a walking conspiracy right. theory. <laughs> so why aren't those people using their energies for Years from for now, Trump people will look back and won't believe he was president. And say, that, come on, man. He Years from president. now? Like, how about because, five minutes from now? I, know, I, know. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe our, like, first of all, forget our president. Yeah. The leader of anything, the leader yeah. of anything that has over 50 people to yeah. do the tweets that he does. Right. Like, if I just went, if I woke up on a Sunday morning and just started attacking other websites and criticizing people gone. that work for me. Yeah. No, it'd be like like Tommy Alter. I just woke up on Sunday morning. I'm like, Tommy Alter's got to step his game up. <laughs> he's a loser. He's a, he's a millennial coward. <laughs> and that was just my tweet on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And people are like, whoa, Bill went off again. Whoa, this is crazy. That's what our president does I every know. Sunday. I don't understand it. How did he run a company? 
How did How that did work? How did he do anything? He had all this brashness, like for his career, and somewhere that brashness turned into actual mental illness. Well, think about it. Like when celebrities lose their minds, which we've seen. Right. We've seen Michael Jackson, the yeah. stuff that happened in the 80s. Yeah. Britney, Sher- Britney Spears' shaved head mm-hmm. thing. And just you going down the line. Part of being in that bubble, it can have effects on you. Happens with child actors, right. Macaulay Culkin. Like you going yeah. down the line, like where the hot lights get too hot. Mm-hmm. And- you have too much power. Your they life turned out. They don't have connections to real human interactions. Yeah, it's almost like there's a schism. Yeah. And it feels like that's happened here. But then you go back and read his old tweets and you can see the seeds of it, mm-hmm. but not like what we, what we have now. I think what happened with Trump, here, here's my theory on it. I think his lying as a strategy was done so much that he's lost any way to determine what's even real or not real. That's why I've always, or what's uh, a lying, what's the truth, I should say. Like, I've always said Trump can pass any lie detector test because I believe in his bones, he actually believes the lies that he says. It's like when OJ believes he didn't kill his wife. Completely. Yeah, he's talked himself into the alternate reality of- And he struggled with it at first. But then he talked himself into it, and I believe O.J. completely believes that he didn't do it and that he was wrongly uh, accused and all that stuff. The coded racism that he does is, I wouldn't say it's the most appalling thing with him, but it's definitely in the top, like, seven. Mm -hmm. But, like, that LeBron tweet, I never tweet about Trump, Mm -hmm. and I don't even really— I mute a lot of the people yeah. on my Twitter it's timeline. Yeah. I did a, I did a tweet after I read that because he he shit on LeBron and basically so. said he wasn't smart. I know. Right after LeBron did probably the greatest thing any athlete's ever done. Yeah. I mean, really, like this staggering thing that he did for the city yeah. of Akron. Yeah. And LeBron and Trump shits on it. Yeah. And says he's not that smart. He basically infers like he's not that smart, but it always seems to be black celebrities, black athletes, black people in service. That he's questioned their intelligence, but he well, never does that with anyone else. And well, I, it's just fucked up. Well, in fairness, he actually does. Like Mika Brzezinski, he called stupid, you know. And Well, I guess, but that's a woman though. Like, No, he picks does, on women a lot. Does you he know? do that with white males? Yeah. Not, Jeb, not really as much. Jeb Bush, he called dumb, you know, and some other people. Well, he's trying to win the election. No, I'm just saying yeah. he, he offends everybody, you know. Um, I, well, he, I think he's particularly I think is, racist, though. I but like. I think he's racist for a number of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like that to me is is not the best example. It's like, it's like, yeah, I don't need that in order to think that he's racist. You know. Also, like, all right, you're the leader of the country, right? And you're also trying to get people to like you, right? Why would you shit on the most popular athlete we have? Somebody that who yeah. just ditched Cleveland again for the second time, and everybody's like, that's cool. You brought them a title. You built this school. Like, you be you, LeBron. This is great. You do what's best for you. When has that ever happened with celebrities where somebody yeah. somebody gets this wide leeway that LeBron gets because people just like him because he can't. He grew up in the shittiest way possible. Yeah. He got through it. He's navigated every aspect of celebrity and money and popularity. And really the worst thing he did was the decision, which is it wasn't even that bad. Yeah. And it's, it's because he- you're shitting on him. Well, what's so petty about this, it's only because LeBron um, said something negative about Trump. Because there is there is a cultural war when out When he called there. him a bum? Yeah, or any- uh, Last uh, October? Yeah, 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 and it doesn't about matter. Anthem. Any negative thing he said about Trump, Trump will come back at you. But here's the difference between Trump and what's happening between the cultural right and cultural left. It's like when Laura Ingram says, shut up and dribble, 
she's never going to come over to LeBron's side. Like she, she has a, there is a cultural elitist difference there that they don't like. Trump, on the other hand, if LeBron said, look, I want to put out an olive branch to Trump. I admire some of the stuff he's done in the past. I don't like the stuff he says now, but Trump would be all in. Like Trump is all about the ego and all that stuff. If he thought that, um, in fact, the reason why I say this, um, I know somebody who met Trump recently. They were involved in one of these cases. And Trump was like just going off talking about something. That's why I bring up the mental illness. Yeah. And one of the things he said, he mentioned LeBron. And he said something like, I don't think he likes me. Like he said it like that, almost like a child. Yeah. Like he was, but Bill, it's like he was disappointed. And that's why, like if if Bron just called up and said, yeah, I want to speak to President Trump. And want to play some golf? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. President, LeBron's on the phone for you? Really? What does he want? He wants to speak to me? Like, he would be so happy. He wants to get a steak with you. What? If LeBron showed him. Yes. I mean, Trump would turn around so fast because he's a baby who wants that that attention and everything. It's shocking to me that that's the guy who's in charge of our nuclear weapons. I was, I don't really care. I don't want to say like it ruined my weekend, but Jordan had a chance there last weekend. Yeah. I I do want to talk to you about this. He had a chance to at least- I'm not saying he's going to shed the whole stereotype of the Republicans buy sneakers too and all the stuff that people right. say fairly and unfairly, but he had a chance to stick up for LeBron and he didn't. Okay, I'm just going to- I was disappointed. I just want to bring everybody up to speed in this. People don't know what this is. So so LeBron in an interview with Don Lemon, and it was Don Lemon who brought up the president because that's Don Lemon loves to do this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was the only tough part of this whole situation. Yeah, but uh, that Don, Don Lemon was prominently involved. Also, I, I wanted to ask you about um, how sometimes athletes, their statements get out there only because they've been asked questions, and people make it seem like they're just making a statement. You yeah, know? how about so this? They're it, answering your question. Yes, the same with LeBron. I answered your question. Don about the Lemon moon. asked him the question about that, and then said, "I think he said, do you think he's racist?' Like he'll say these things. Yeah, but then LeBron says, "President's racist." LeBron wanted to talk about his school. He's yeah. not trying to talk about the president. So LeBron wasn't trying to make this in a politics issue. He he believes in what he's doing, and he he doesn't want to divide people with this school. He wants to bring people together with it. You know, it was Don Lemon who made it a divisive. Uh, conversation by bringing up the president. That's my opinion on it, right? So it becomes that. Is that a bad thing they did that though? It's, it's a, it's a non sequitur. Yeah. That's Don Lemon's agenda, you know, to, to make LeBron have to speak on that. Had to be on the spot. Yes. Which I thought was unfair. Now you're making it about something else. Let him have this in this moment. Don't bring that into it. LeBron, it's not about politics. Trump has nothing to do with this is what I'm saying. You know, I thought I, I fault Don Lemon for making it that issue. Well, and the other thing is it ruins, it just makes it less likely LeBron will ever do a real interview because he's just going to keep doing Rachel Nichols interviews with the jump with Dwayne Wade, where they just talk about how long they've known each other. So he's not going to ever be on the spot to say anything. Yes. But Bill, I don't think, athletes have an obligation to have to weigh in on politics all the time. It's not their expertise. If they want to, and that's their passion, fine. But I don't have a requirement that athletes have to be experts on the social ills of society and politics. They're, the thing they spend most of their time in their lives is figuring out how to make a pass without somebody touching it, you know, except the person on the other end of the pass. You know, some people are gifted in that way, and they do have eyes on that, and they're eloquent. But most are not. And they shouldn't be speaking about it. They should, you know, to have private opinions is one thing. But to require that from our athletes, I think, is misguided right now. And Well, this is a good conversation because if somebody has something to say. Yes. 
and they have real stature. Yes, good and for real them. respect within the community. Good for them. That's a good thing. I think the yeah. the thing with LeBron is I don't like the requirement. I don't think it's required either. I, it I think got it to is the point, today. It is today. You think it's required? Of course it is. Absolutely. I'll give you the Dak Prescott example. So Dak Prescott is quarterback of the Cowboys. I say this for I have a lot of non sports fans out there. Yeah. Um, he like was, my mom, by the way. My, this yeah. is the greatest day of my mom's life. <laughs> Anytime you and I do a podcast, <laughs> it, if Bill Maher was here, that would be it. You I just cover in Gatorade, give her Gatorade Giant, bath. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she's very nice. If it was yeah. you, me, and Bill Maher covering Gatorade, she's it's it. Awesome. That's her victory lap. That would be great. I yeah. would love that. So, uh, so uh, what was it? So Dak Prescott. Yeah. Who's they're in a training camp right now with the Cowboys. He gets asked about the kneeling controversy. He doesn't bring it up. He gets asked about it. Now, he's talked about it before when he's asked about it that he likes to stand for the national anthem. That's what he likes to do. He does not view that moment as a moment for him personally to protest. That's his personal opinion. But he's asked about it and asked about it again. What is he supposed to say? <laughs> you know, but well, then because he looks like a coward if he keeps ducking the question. Well, yeah, but why does he have to weigh in on it is what I'm saying, you know? But that should be his answer. Why do I have to weigh in? I'm a quarterback. No, but people, why punish him for his opinion on it also? But I'm saying that should be his answer. No, but why? Why are you saying what his answer should be? He gave a a direct answer. Like, why am I mad at his honest answer? Like, here's what I'm saying. People are mad that he has an opinion that's different from theirs. Right. Right. That's what they're mad at. So you're saying the solution to that is don't answer it. I'm saying, well, don't ask the fucking question if you don't want to hear the answer. I'm just giving the blueprint for athletes. If they don't want to wait, first of all, anything they say is going to become a story. Right. So if they're going to answer a question, they should know even before the press conference, if I wait in on Trump, it's a story and I'm going to have to deal with people in my Twitter timeline, which is really all they care about. They're on Twitter all the time. Look at their replies. But it's like, here's the roadmap to not have that happen to you. You get the question, just be like, stand out of that. I just want to play football. Yeah. The, I, see, I find nothing wrong with that. If somebody wants to play a sport, that's fine, because I don't think everybody's equipped to talk on it. You know, that's what I'm saying. And people can actually do harm to a cause they they like because they're not equipped to speak about it. You so, know, they can undermine it, actually. Well, you know? then you look at what Kaepernick did, which he didn't really do anything. He just He's not didn't a perfect stand. Spokesman either. No, not perfect. But. Right. He, it wasn't really willfully intentional. I'm gonna. Uh, this is gonna be a big deal. I'm gonna do this. He was just like, I'm not standing. And then it became a big deal. And now, when you watch what's happened two years later, I thought Rogers. We did a piece on the Ringer about Rogers. Mm-hmm. We asked him what he would change to be a commissioner for a day, and he made a really good point about what's happened with these anthem protests. And the whole point of why people weren't standing is just totally gone now. Of this is, is all about power and what we can force an athlete to do. And not do versus mm-hmm. like, why aren't they standing? Because this, 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 and this, yeah. and that's gone now. I think it's kind of depressing. It is depressing. It's turned into this fucking chess match, and I, I, it's just not what the point of this was. It's turned into a chess match that has nothing to do with chess. So you don't even get right. the enjoyment of playing the game of chess in it's this chess a, It's match. like just two right. idiots playing chess, basically. You have yeah. the, player, the Players Association, which has been a disaster this whole decade. Right. And you have these owners who don't give a shit about anybody right. and just care about their bottom line and the research that says, hey, if these guys don't stand in Texas, we're finding that we're losing 4% of right. our audience. And the president weighing in, which is wrong, too. Calling but then them, you have the NBA. them sons of bitches. Yeah. Right. But then in the NBA, Adam Silver's like, you motherfuckers are standing. And that was it. It was over in two seconds. Nobody's question. When was that decision it. made in Last, the NBA? Before the season. It was mm-hmm. like, everybody's standing. 
But nobody, nobody cared about that, right? Because it happened and it was decided in two seconds. None of the players were right. dicks about it. And right. that was it. But it's basically the same thing. It's What's funny for me is I'm not defending the NFL owners. I think they're horrible. But mm-hmm. it's funny. They take so much shit for this when Silver did the same thing in the NBA. Right. He basically said, you're all standing. Yeah. To me, I still, my, I'm frustrated by this protest because first of all, when we talk about words and stuff, it's, yeah. it's not a protest. It really isn't. It's by even by its own definition of what Kaepernick said, it's it's a calling attention to something. Because a protest would mean that the NFL is involved in a wrongdoing that they're protesting, you know, and they want a remedy, you know. But there's nothing that the NFL can remedy in this situation. Like for instance, when players wear pink ribbons and that, they're calling attention to breast cancer awareness. And that sort of thing. Like, to me, I don't know why they can't find a solution to call attention to the problem because it's actually not a protest. Like, to me, a, a, a common ground that they need to find here is how can we call attention to this? Like, wear, I don't know, black armbands or something like that. Something that players can do to say, I'm calling attention to a problem in society because technically it's not a protest. It's not the, the NFL can't remedy the situation. There's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, and it's not that it's fun. Not the of, NFL's fault. But it's not that fun of a subject either. And no, it, and, it's not. And it's really yeah. made the off season kind of intolerable for the NFL because it's yeah. just about all the problems and right. blah, 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 this and that. And then on Thursday night, football starts. We're like, football, right. yeah, let's I go. Uh, whereas the NBA, you know, for a week we've been talking about whether Carbello is going to go to the Houston. <laughs> yes, right. He's he was awful last year. Yeah, he he's was. not going to play a meaningful minute for them, in my opinion. I saw no signs from him that he has really anything left in the tank, barring mm-hmm. a miracle. And we just like the NBA. It's like, cool, Carmelo Houston, what do you think? Whoa, yeah, yeah. Do you think NBA is is more is becoming America's sport now more than football? The ratings would say otherwise. The ratings for the Hall of Fame game, the Hall of Fame game Still for big? football were bigger than I think the final game of the Stanley Cup wow. finals. Wow. It was like seven million people. Wow. People love football. Well, yeah, they do. And that's why. Yeah. There's this whole part of America. That's with why football. it's such a big thing, right? Well, the, but this yeah. is where the NFL is. Right. The difference in the NBA and the NFL is Texas, the South, yeah, Florida, which right. is part of the South. Yes. But like, football's never going. People are like, "Oh, football's going to die." It's like, guess what? Those people have been playing football in 40 years. <laughs> guess where football's not going anywhere? Texas. <laughs> That's a fact. People are like, "Oh, concussions. We should slow down." Like, <laughs> oh, fuck no. that. They're not doing that. That makes it more enticing. No. Actually, knock that boy out over there. Yeah, football's yeah. not going away. Right. I think where it's going to go away is people like my son who loves to hit people mm-hmm. and wants to play football and we won't let him. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not doing that. You, when you're a sophomore in high school, you can play, Right. but you're playing flag. That's it. What are you going to have head on collisions when you're 10? Like every research says that's nuts. Mm-hmm. But the, the pick and choose part of this is you could say that for soccer. You mm-hmm. can say for lacrosse. Um, you could even say for bad people, Kevin Love has four concussions in basketball. Like yeah. what sport is safe? Right. We're basically going to become this, in baseball, you watch the Little League World Series, they're wearing like these yeah. alien helmets yeah. now. <laughs> right, right, um, right. We're basically turning into a country where like golf is going to be the safest sport. Yeah. And be like, let's play golf. Can't get a concussion in golf. Well, part of the danger maybe is the excitement, right? Of That's sports. the thing. Yeah. Guess what? Danger. Like you watch these idiots right around LA and there's these scooters now. Yeah. And there are no helmets on. 
And they're just flying through and zipping through people on right. the sidewalks and like people are going to go to where the danger is. In this is. case, that might be a good thinning out of the chaff, you know. What do you mean? By getting rid of the, if those people die, that might be not such a bad <laughs> well, did you thing. you see right? in San Francisco, <laughs> people are putting human feces on the scooters to get what? them to stop breeding. Yeah. Big war in San Francisco San right Francisco's now. out of control, by the way. Just what San Francisco yeah. needed, right? A, a war between scooters <laughs> yeah. and human feces. San Francisco's so out of control, which is a different conversation. Okay, last part of this, because yeah. thank you so much again. I know you're busy and all that stuff. We had one more topic, right? You. Yes. Le- LeBron and Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now you know me. Here's here's my difference between how I view sports and I think millennials do, and I'm going to make a broad statement. Oh, I like when you're old guy on the couch. I know. I'm old guy right now. I like I'm, the I'm, new old guy on the couch too sometimes, I know, I'm but old you, you do guy. it better than I do. I don't mind, but I don't mind being old guy on the couch. I really don't. You know? I don't believe your moon conspiracies. Yes, it's true. That's old guy talk, right? Yeah. Um, I was old guy talk countering you. We're, we did double old guy on the couch there for a second. Yeah, you were, yeah. Because everyone under 30 is like, who cares? Can we have... Just one podcast to talk about those two conspiracies. Can we do that? Yeah, I'd have to research. Okay, do your research. Take your time. Closterman and I did a JFK two-part, like eight years ago we did really? a pod. I did all the research. Oh, that's He's fun. in on it too. It was, people loved it. It was that's great. That's fun, actually. Yeah, we, we went all in. Can we do a conspiracy? Can we start a conspiracy podcast? What's your, you want to host it? I would love to. Chappaquiddick? I would do any of them. What do you think of Chappaquiddick? There's no conspiracy there. Ted Kennedy killed a woman. You don't think there's third person in the car? It was his dick, that maybe. That was the third person. But <laughs> He's other- hooking up with one girl. The other girl yes. was asleep in the back. They no. had no idea. They climbed oh, no, out of the know. car and that no, girl drowned. I think he, look, Ted Kennedy, that whole Catholic thing and the annulment and all that stuff, but he definitely was drunk and took Mary Jo Kopechny in his car. He should not have been driving. Yeah. He was wasted. We hey, know right, that. I'll drive. That is a fact. Yeah. You know, they had the accident. He was freaked out because he wants to protect his name or yeah. whatever that is. And that whole Kennedy machine went into action. They didn't call the police for like 24, 48 hours. That was or, 10 hours, yeah. Or 10 hours, whatever But it was. he went to breakfast the next day like, it's hey, crazy. guys. No, that's crazy what, talk. What kind of omelets are they serving crazy. today? <laughs> I might run the for president up. this year. Hey, I can't have this woman die in the back of my car in a lake. What are we going to do? Yes, I'll have the pancakes. Thank you very much. Hey, what are we going to do here? I paid off the Capecchi family. <laughs> hey, What's yeah. wrong? What's she thinking dying in my car in a lake? What was she thinking? Well, yeah. he did- I just watched the movie. I went on a mini deep dive with the movie, the yeah. podcast that they did. It's really interesting. In his in his statement, he does this nationally televised yeah. statement that's sure. watched by 50 million people. Yeah, yeah. And very smartly and evilly plays the Kennedy curse card. Ooh. It's like, this is the latest oh. of all the terrible things that have happened to my Ooh. family. And you're watching, you're like, mm. ah, the guy's brothers died. Yeah, yeah maybe you had a few to drink and- Tried to save the girl. And they, like, that was what they tried to portray as like the mindset when you're watching it to make him sympathetic. Yeah. It's like, you drove off a bridge and ditched the girl. That was somebody's daughter, I motherfucker. Know. And then he served for another 35 years. I know. I tell you, I'm consistent in this. I don't care that he was the liberal line of the Senate. You can't just kill a girl in the lake. Sorry. Well, that's not flying can't now. can't do that. Yeah. I'll tell no, you who no. hasn't. That would not Chuck fly and I were talking about this recently. Mm-hmm. You know who hasn't aged well? The Kennedys. Their legacy? Just you read everything about them that decade. It is none of yeah. its age well. Like yeah. just serial infidelity and yeah. all the power play shit they pulled. The dead girl in the in the in Chappaquiddick. Do you and think JFK has the same sheen to his legacy that he used to have? I don't think it's as romanticized. I don't, I don't know how young people regard JFK. I have no idea. I don't know where he stands. Where his legacy stands right now. I, we're probably 
I'm 48. I would say maybe anyone over 40, he means a lot more to than anyone under 40. I think that's right. I don't think Tommy cares. Tommy knows JFK is an airport. Yeah. He's like, oh, they've improved <laughs> so JFK. It represents, it represents frustration. Bobby seems like he's gained. Yeah. Bobby's the one that's gained because, a little relevancy. Because Robert Kennedy, of course, died while he was trying to do something in a very turbulent year. And he's seen as that progressive that never got a shot. That's what he's kind of seen as, right? Well, and also yeah. MLK that year and just the whole like hope lost and just the yeah. worst year in American in recent yeah. American history. We could also take a year and talk about the year, but conspiracy theory would be good. Okay, so I don't know how we got sidetracked, but LeBron in LA. Yeah. And I was saying my difference from a sports point of view for millennials is I'm a team person and it seems like young people now are people uh, fans. Yeah. Like you, I think you're right. Like people say, I'm a little, like, you know, my boy Zach over here. He's a LeBron fan. So he will follow LeBron to LA. Am I right? That's right. That's right. So I'm a Lakers fan. I love LeBron because he's a Laker. Like that's different. It's been incredible. You, you watching. are a Celtics fan. Yeah. It's right? been incredible watching you Laker fans like, after years wait, of Kobe versus LeBron. And LeBron does know how to win like Kobe does. Then LeBron shows him. Oh, LeBron's here. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, stop it. Oh, you got the greatest. Stop it. Mr. So happy whenever the Celtics do something. It was for years and years. Kobe's got five titles. LeBron only has three. Kobe knew how to win. I never said that. Kobe was an alpha. I never compared Kobe to LeBron. I'm I'm just lumping all Laker fans into one very stereotypical accent. Yeah. Yeah. But that was was the mindset. And now it's. I still think Kobe's going to come back. That's my. That's another one of my oh, conspiracy theories. He is not coming back. When you think so about the, he just won an Oscar. Why do people come back? Because they they can't get that same attention anymore. They, right. They so need who that comes crowd. back? Boxers usually come back. Boxers. First of all, boxers have huge tax problems, so they have to come back to make the money. Fair point. And they need the attention. P- big ego people. Boxers. Mm-hmm. Musicians. Oh, that's our last tour. Oh, we're back. Yeah. Professional wrestlers. It's usually for yeah. like they kind of miss the limelight and attention. I could see Kobe yeah. just watching this and going, and Kobe's wife going, "Where are you going, Kobe? Um, I'm just gonna go shoot some jumpers." Yeah. Oh, really? That's weird. I'm glad you're playing again. But, yeah, I might play a little pickup with my agents, but meanwhile, he's in the gym for three hours shooting threes. Yeah, but Kobe couldn't even play a quarter these days. His body, he 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 played two years past the point where his body actually could do it. Would I you, think his mind was so. Would you incredible. rule this out? Of course. 100%. No 100. chance. I, I'm not a 90-10 person. That's 100. He's not coming back. Guaranteed. I, well, you can bet anything you want. I, I'm not I betting on it. I yeah. just wouldn't be shocked because we've no, seen you this won't happen. Be Kobe is not coming sports back. sports or celebrity. He's not coming back. First of all, it, I it like just I like talking about this because the Laker fans get so flustered by it. First of all, Jordan came back and played in the freaking Wizards. That yeah. was weird. Yeah, but Jordan's career was odd. You know, he he sat out those two years in the prime of his career, you know, for whatever reasons. I and, think when somebody, and then there was that strike season after their last championship. So, true, that derailed it. Yeah, so I think he felt like he hadn't really completed his career. When somebody has a massive ego, I'm prepared for anything. That's true. That is a fact. I'm I mean, prepared for Kobe watching these Laker games, going, "You know what they need? Me." Does LeBron conquer Los Angeles? <laughs> yes, definitely. Right. I think LeBron's media strategy, ironically, since the decision, since probably 2011 mm-hmm. Finals, the decision. He's the villain. His first Miami year. Right. He completely melts down um, from 2012 on is almost unassailable. Like you go back mm-hmm. and read that letter he did. And, and it's amazing. When he went to Sports Illustrated Cleveland it's letter. It's a fantastic letter. Fantastic letter. Yeah. Also fiction. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here now. It's right. time to make my roots. I'm part of this community yeah. forever. He left in four years, but nobody cares because 
they handled everything so perfectly. I know, but I'll make I'll make an argument to you. LeBron has positioned himself as something bigger than the game. Yes. And by opening this it's school. It's not even an argument. But by opening this school, that letter is correct. Letter is correct. The words of the letter. When he went back, he's like, I'm back. But, but then he signed these one-year deals. It doesn't matter. It was matter. clear That's he had L.A. But it LeBron, was clear he had L.A. as the final act but, all Bill, along. Let's, let's keep it 100% here, man. Cleveland winning a championship is bigger than sports. I agree. You know, it, what it meant to that town transcends sports. That's why it was such an important thing. That's why they're not mad at him right now. They're like, all right, he did what he was supposed to do. No, it's weird. I was hmm. there for the finals and they, it was almost like they wanted him to go. I feel like they were done. Yeah, they were like. I feel like the relationship is we over. Got, we had 11 great years with yeah. him. They're like. You go do your thing I'm, in I'm LA. sorry, hold on one second. LeBron, are you still here? No, go ahead. Yeah, just just close the door on your way out. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Thanks, man. Thanks for the championship. Okay, what were you talking about? <laughs> right. well, you know, so Bird played 13 years in Boston. Mm-hmm. Magic played 12 years and change with the Lakers. Right. Counting he had, the '96 he came back comeback. For that half a year. Right? LeBron played 11 in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So when you think of that framework, it's really rare for people to even stay with the same team. Duncan did it for 20. Right. But Kareem, Kareem, I think, was maybe 12 with the Lakers, 12, 13. Yeah. It's just is usually how it goes with very rare exceptions. Right. Uh, here's I think I thought as a, I've thought for a year, I've been saying it. Mm-hmm. I came on your podcast and right. said it. You didn't believe me. Um, right. I always thought this was the logical last you. act for him. You're right. Come I to did LA, not believe become you. a billionaire, right. learn from magic, Hollywood. Absolutely. Play right. for the biggest franchise in the world. This is a soccer move. Yeah, this he, is, he, he this came is from Cristiano Ronaldo going to a different team because it'll yeah. raise his profile. I completely agree with that. It's a great analogy. And I think I think LeBron has already won. Um, I don't think he has to win over Los Angeles. I think he's already won. But I think he's won in a different way than other people who have won here. He it's it's similar to Magic, but Magic did it by winning championships first and being the magic that we know after. And how know? about surviving HIV when we no, thought he was going to die in a year? That's why magic can never yeah. be touched. No, magic's you know? untouchable. Yeah. So, but LeBron, by opening the school and by doing the other things, you know, he's put himself in a different position and all this politics stuff actually works in LeBron's favor. There's one other know? thing with him though, that mm-hmm. we should mention for like the people on my staff. Mm-hmm. I have one other thing too. I would say yeah. under thirties, mm-hmm. LeBron's their guy. Yeah, he is. They're You're like, right. fuck Michael Jordan. You're right. I agree with I'm that. I'm tired. Don't give me the MJ He's LeBron. He's replaced him, right? He's better. Like, stop it. He's replaced him, He's right? their guy, and he was the guy that they were alive for. I agree. And they, they look at the them. stats, any statistically played more seasons right. and all this stuff, and he's become their guy. And then on top of that, when he goes at Trump, when he builds the school, yeah, the way he's a, he, I hate saying this blindly, but I really do feel like he's a good dad. Oh, completely. I do, like, yeah. I, as a dad, I kind of, I'm always looking at the other celebs, whether they're like I think fake he's a good dads, dude. real dad. I think yeah, LeBron's a good It seems dude. like he yeah. actually wants to be there for his kids. He wanted his kids to live in LA. He wants his son to be in the LA basketball scene. Right. All the reasons were really genuine. I, I believe that his family made the decision about LA. <laughs> you know, that's what I think. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay, that sounds good, you know. But I think his yeah. son really sounds like he has a chance to be a good basketball player. Right. And if he's in Ohio... And I thought what LeBron said about really regretting naming his son LeBron Jr. and the reasons why it was one of the most fascinating moments in his career. I didn't name my son after me, but I was the third. You know, I, I didn't name my son. Me. It was a huge, yeah. biggest Simmons family scandal we've had. Yes, <laughs> my I'm a third. Yeah, I'm the third. And mm-hmm. my dad really wanted a fourth, and I'm yeah. like, 
you hated your dad. Like, why are we extending <laughs> his? Why are we extending his legacy? <laughs> I Let's know. Start a new name, but but like, it was interesting to hear LeBron be like, "I wish I hadn't named my son LeBron Jr., yeah, but I did it because I didn't know my dad and all the reasons that he had." I was, I don't know. I think he's. Well, I think he's really interesting. What was interesting about that is. LeBron, I think, is more thoughtful than people give him credit. Yes. Zach is probably saying, Larry's talking good about LeBron right now. But uh, LeBron didn't have a dad. There was no legacy for him to follow. And then ironically, he doesn't want to impose a legacy on his son. You know, So he's operating out of that loss of having something to follow and the worry about imposing too much on his son. But I think he's going to be fine. Because- but that's a really high level of thinking about things. Oh, well, I don't. No, no, no. I'm not saying for you. I'm saying that LeBron right. has put that much- I think he's much- that deep. Yeah, that no. I give him credit for I'm that. I'm not even talking about an IQ thing. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, for somebody who's a celebrity, you're usually self absorbed to some degree. Right. And the yes, way his life correct. is, it's just me, 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 and everybody yes. else is kind of in your world. Absolutely. For him to put that much thought into it and be like, fuck, I wish I hadn't named my son LeBron Jr. I think I wish he, I gave him a better chance. I I thought that was one of the most fascinating things he said. But is it going to just come out of the blue? That means no. he's been thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, he, it, the reading between the lines is obviously he thinks his son has a chance to be special in some way. Maybe, but I think he's looking at the life thing, you know, like, yeah. because, uh, yeah, I think he's looking at the life thing and what that puts on a kid. But the, I'll say this is the last thing for LeBron is he is, LeBron has now come full circle to where he was at the beginning of those first, how many years did he play in Cleveland? Those first few years? So it was, it was, was it uh, five years? eight, no, no, seven the first run was seven? Oh, oh, 03 to 10. Okay. What's unique about those seven years in Cleveland, he's going to get that back. LeBron was a superstar underdog, you yeah. know, which is a great position to be in. And then when you're young, it's fantastic because you have all the expectations in front of you. Now he has a legacy in back of him, but he gets to be a superstar underdog again. So there's more forgiveness for outcomes where before he was a prisoner of those outcomes and it affected the way he interacted with the press and everything. You're going to see a more free LeBron, I predict. You're going to, because he has these businesses going on now, you know, I mean, the Showtime thing, shut up and dribble. It's fantastic that he would do something like that, you know, and be involved yeah, in I didn't it. really understand what the idea was for that. Yeah. It's I make a great title. Yes. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know how you actually execute that show, but the title is amazing. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. LeBron being out there in the world and positioning himself as something more than basketball right now. I'll tell you another thing. And he's the underdog at the same time. He's the underdog. It's pretty but amazing. Yeah. As as a avowed Laker hater myself, I'm talking about. I understand. Um, I think people are sleeping on that, that. That explains all the conspiracy stuff, by the way. Yeah. Because neither of those is rational. Well, I have some conspiracies about LeBron in LA. <laughs> no, the JFK thing is 100% rational. Mm, the moon thing, I'm admitting, it's, understandable. it's a little crazy. It's understandable, but it's not rational. The moon thing, for some reason, is triggering my suspicious flags. That's it. Your suspicious flags I still make pr- me it, question it almost your JFK definitely happened. theories. Yeah. But, um, but the thing with LeBron that bothers me and worries me because people are like, oh, they're not going to be good yet. This is a throwaway year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good. Yeah. LeBron is still really good. LeBron yeah. played 110 games last year and was awesome. And I think what people are sleeping on, I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. It really it. hurts my feelings. Say it. Come Apologies on. to everybody in the 617. Uh-oh. Um, the Lakers have good fans. Of and course we you do. You put LeBron with a bunch of young people in that stadium slash arena, whatever the Staples Center is. They haven't had a good team in five years. I think there's going to be real energy. I think that team's going to be tough to beat in LA. I think there's going to be real energy and electricity Absolutely. for those 41 home games that, yeah, he gets it in Cleveland, but in Cleveland, it was, it was, it was just like Tommy was there for those games. 
it was all LeBron. It was like Damn. it was like Michael Jackson, and here's like the Jackson. Here's Tito back here. Right. And this feels more like uh, you can't be that with the Lakers. The Lakers are always yeah. the 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 drawing. LeBron's playing now for the Lakers. In Cleveland, right. it was like LeBron was everything. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to be that anymore. Well, I'll use a Beatles analogy because I'm a big Beatles fan. So um, LeBron made everybody Ringo who was around him, you know. Yeah. But, but being in L.A., now with Magic there, it's more of a Paul John thing. You know, he gets to share status with somebody. He can't out, he'll never outshine Magic. And Magic is leading that team. He can't render Magic inconsequential the way he can Gilbert and those people, other teams, you know, or whatever. Who, who do you think was the best Beatle? The best, I believe the John Paul combination was the best Beatle. Yeah, but I'm saying you had to pick. Mm. Who's better? Who's more indispensable? What do, you, what do you mean by better? Just who is more indispensable? We did this in sports. At some point, you have to pick a side. This is one of those impossible answers because- No, it's not impossible. You have to have an answer. Well, can I explain why? They couldn't have been exactly equal. One person even no, had to be like 1% better. I'll give you an example why I'm saying what I'm saying. Part of what made the Beatles special is their sound. And part of what made their sound special is their harmony. What You can't do a one-person harmony. Harmony requires different voices. Yeah. Know? But one person had to be slightly more indispensable. Every well, band well, has an alpha okay. dog. Every as, basketball team okay, has an I'm alpha gonna, dog. If I have to choose the one indispensable, it is the leader of the group, which would be John Lennon, who started the group. Because without him starting the group, there's no Beatles. So, who was the so, alpha so dog of the Beatles? The true alpha dog was Paul McCartney. Then he was more indispensable. If they're in Paul, a room and they're deciding what the 11 songs are, at some point, somebody's voice has to matter the most. Paul McCartney doesn't get credit for his artistry as much as Lennon does. But in many ways, Paul led the Beatles into those artistic directions more than Lennon did. But Lennon gets more credit for it. It was Paul's idea to do Sgt. Pepper, you know, and to do all those things. It was Paul who kind of led them into the whole LSD phase and those types of things, you know. But uh, Paul kind of pushed them into those areas. But Lennon was more expressive when they were in those areas, you know. And I that. think So Paul doesn't get the credit for it. I think Paul was more important because he was the anchor. But Lennon's kind of ceiling of how he thought and the shit that he was doing yeah. was the extra special sauce. Paul was probably the musical anchor, but Lennon was maybe the visionary anchor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I say together, eh, what are you going to do? I was at the Super Bowl in Miami, or somewhere like New Orleans, maybe 2013. Right. And we were at this event. There was a concert. We're in the VIP section. And Paul McCartney was there with his new wife and his stepkid. Mm -hmm. And his stepkid was great. a fan of me and Grantland. Oh, that's cool. So at some point, Somebody said, um, Paul and his, whatever the kid's name, would like to come over and meet you. And they came over and met you. He was like, hello, my son's a big fan of yours. And right. no I was just like, you. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it was like meeting, I had a few drinks to me. I'm like, it was like, God, it was like, God's going to come over here and say hi for a second. Like, right. Okay. Hi God. How are you? Right. Like, is there a more important person to meet than Paul McCartney out of all the celebrities that are alive? Out of the history of showbiz of our time He's got to be number one, on right? Earth, I don't think there's anybody bigger. The that's, only, that's still alive. That's still alive. Yeah. The only two people who could match, well, there's maybe three others that could match it in our lifetime who were different than that. That would be Sinatra, Elvis, and Michael Jackson. Right. Right. But all of them are dead. But so McCartney's like your number right. one draft pick for- He is. <laughs> hey, Paul wants to come over and say hi. I'm like, exactly. what? Exactly. Well, are you kidding I'm me? I'm holding like a right. friggin' vodka soda. I'm like, right. uh, okay, I'll meet Paul McCartney. <laughs> yes. And we talked for a minute. He was super was nice. Cool? Yeah. And uh, his cool. stepkid was a fan of everything we were doing. I was like- That's I, the best. I couldn't yeah. believe it happened. I was like, right. I, did somebody drug my drink? 
You're done. That's an awesome moment. It's pretty great. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good one for me. Yeah. I still, the, the, uh, were your kids around? Did any of your kids see that? No, it was, it was, it was all Grantland people, but all of us were like, what the fuck? Right. That's cool. So yeah, Paul McCartney. I think, um, the thing is like, if you met Elvis, it would have been like, Elvis wants me. He would have been like zonked out on painkillers. My my only similar, I'll say similar moment because the person was bigger than life was Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I got to meet him twice. Oh my God. And, uh, the one time that was the most special, I was writing the Jim Thorpe Pro Sports Awards. It was a precursor to the ESPYs, right? Um, uh, it was great. You know, we had all these legends on. I mean, I met Joe DiMaggio, for Christ's sake. Oh. You know, I mean, it's that type of thing. Franco Smoking cigs, having a coffee. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Ernie Banks, Stan Musial, you know, like these kind of legends, right? And um, I wrote this thing for James Earl Jones to do a tribute to Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. And I basically had him do one of Ali's, the Ali poem about Sonny Liston, but do it dramatically. You know, it's a... Ali enters the ring, you know, oh my God. <laughs> he's doing that great James Earl Jones voice. And Ali loved it. He thought it was great. But Ali came up to me and you know how he does it. And he goes, you're prettier than me. <laughs> you know, right. so I was like, oh my God, Ali's, you know. Ali just melted everybody. He was so nice. And he talked to me for a little bit and he could have been nicer. It's the, nothing tops Ali spending that amount of time and talking to me and stuff. It was just amazing. He really and the did- fact that I did it in a work atmosphere. Right where I was involved in doing something for him professionally. It wasn't just a fan coming up. That That's what made it extra special. Yeah. We did a pod with Denzel three weeks ago. Oh, man. And uh, I got to hear that. I didn't yeah, that. he uh, definitely the charisma. I mean, I would say the iconic ones, there's there's definitely a little something special about them. Yeah. But partly because they everyone's just treating them differently for the last 40 years has to be right. a little part of it, right? Yeah. Every person they meet, it's like the highlight of their month or right. year, right, right, right. decade. And after a while, you must get this irrational confidence yes. about yourself. But right. it, that one was fun. But yeah, the Paul McCartney, Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as the Beatles, as, as we get older and further away, yeah. um, their impact probably lessens every year. It does. But then it, things like that come back around and people rediscover the, the great artists, people rediscover them again and they get another breath of fresh air. It's happened with all of them. It don't happen again with them. It happens with Sinatra all the time. He keeps coming back into favor again. People discover all those Capitol <laughs> records that were awesome. So that, I mean, he yeah. had a whole vibe to him that was unlike anything. It's unlike anything. I think There's he had sex with that. every famous yeah. actress yeah. for 30 yeah. years. I know. It's so Come over true. to my house, baby. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, look at the whole Sinatra, Mia Farrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Know, all, that, all that. You go down that chain, it, it extends to Ronan it's Farrow unbelievable. now. unbelievable. You so, know, which is which is a whole different intersection. You I know? just realized the rewatchables we should do because I was watching it All last right. night because it was on Let's AMC. Start, okay, this is a preview, you guys, for the next time Bill and I get together. And thanks for listening through all this. Rewatchables, what is it? What are we going to do? Where do you stand on The Godfather? Uh, it's in the top five of the greatest movies. I'm ready to do like a three-hour rewatchables on The Godfather. I was watching last night. One and two or just one? No, ju- I did the first just one. Maybe one. the second the- one is a different one, but... Um, I don't know how many times I've seen it. It's been in my life, basically my whole life. Does it hold up for I you? still get upset when Sonny chimes in <laughs> yes, during the meeting with Salazzo. I know. Sonny, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> no, you've tipped them off. Yes, what are you doing? And I'm still, every time I watch that movie, I get so into it. And I'm just so astounded by how good Brando is. Yeah. 
and how much I love James Caan and yes. how badly I don't want him to die. Yes. And how Al Pacino's performance where he's just no confidence, right. shoulders slumped yes. and just gradually becomes mm-hmm. Michael Corleone. And it's just so, okay. everything about it is so unbelievable. Okay, so. I think it's the greatest movie of all time. It is fantastic. I can argue about the greatest, but it is definitely one of the best. Well, it's 40 six years old now. Yeah, it holds up And it's up still culturally. completely watchable. Yeah, it, it is. It might be the oldest rewatchable movie. For, especially for a genre-specific movie like that, too, which tend to age faster. Like, gangster movies age so fast, you know, right. because our mores change and all those types of things. It's the performances that make that. But also, the corollary to that is the kid that stays in the picture. Yeah. Um, and he, when, uh, what's his name? How come, what's Bob his Evans. Name? Bob Evans. When t- Him talking about The Godfather is as interesting for this too, because- How they made it. It was yes. supposed to be the biggest bomb. They and, bought the um, biggest book of the last five years, all that shit. And then there's also um, Easy Riders. Um, oh yeah, there's so many good books about that era. The uh, You know the book I'm talking about. Yeah, Peter um, Biskin. Yes, which is a great book, which talks about Godfather 2. Like, that's all good source material for this conversation. I'm still mad at Robert Duvall that he didn't do Godfather 3, because I think it could have been good. Mm. It had the pieces. It's not as bad as people seem to think it was. When Ona Ryder dropped out, that really mm. hurt them at last minute. Mm. Um, it's a, and It wasn't like with the Larry Wilmore podcast, Black mm. on the Air, where somebody drops out. And you can replace them with an incredible guest. (laughs) When Renona Ryder drops out, you're scrambling. You end up with Sofia Coppola. But but still, Duval not being in that really hurt it because I think you needed that one more person. Then it became this weird Michael Corleone vehicle. There's opera in it. It was such a miss. I just think- I just think we were done after Godfather 2. We should have been. I'm saying if they're going to make Godfather 3. I think the problem was it was a now contemporary story- about the Pope and everything. And Godfather worked best as an allegory from this age that we could romanticize in a sense, because we're talking about people who are killers. But once you bring it into this modern age, it's like, no, they're killers, you know? (laughs) Well, Duval says that. It's kind of wrong what they're doing, yeah. (laughs) They say that when they're talking about whether it takes Salazzo's drug deal or not. And Duval's like, pretty soon it's going to be 1946. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, whoa, that's so long ago. Right, like they can get away with their opinions about the niggas and losing their souls. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. So like they can get stuff. away with that. Cause they go, all right, motherfucker, it's, it's the forties. I'll let you say that. But yeah, you're saying that in the eighties. What right. the fuck? You now know? it's a little, yeah. Now exactly. it's a little, and right. poor Fredo coming out of the car with the gun and yeah. fumbling it. Yeah. So anyway, I think, it's I think we stuff. need to do that. A lot one. of good stuff. Great. That's like a three. Hour I have a lot one. of points of view about it from different. Standpoints and at some point we have to do me, you and Bill Maher, because I honestly think at that point, I don't know what happens to my mom. I, I just have so like- So she's a huge Bill Maher fan. The biggest. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Friday nights will not come to dinner with us. Wow. Bill Maher's on. That's interesting. Seven, what is it? Seven o'clock? Yeah, seven here. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Mars coming on at seven. Or we should we should both go on his show at the same time. Maybe we do that. Oh, God. I'd be afraid to go on that show. <laughs> <laughs> if I brought up the moon conspiracy, he would just pick me apart. I don't know. He <laughs> might be, be so on your side. He might be on your side. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Bill's down to do. All right, Bill. Thanks so much. Bill Simmons, That's everybody. A pleasure. Uh, and congratulations on uh, renewing your deal with HBO. I can't wait to see the Thank things you. you're going to do. Yeah, we I have love- a couple of fun things to announce. Andre the Giant yeah. was fantastic, Thank by you. the way. Thanks for inviting me to it. Um, Appreciate it. So Bill's one of those guys. He's interested, like LeBron, in you know taking over this town, man, doing all these projects. We just right? want to do good stuff. Just we care about doing stuff. quality projects. That's what I'm all about. Like Black on the Air. Yes. All right. Thanks, Bill. We'll see you. Thank you. 